How many of you are thankful that God gave you a soul? Say with me, I'm a soul, man. Some of you caught that, some of you didn't. Remember that song, I'm a soul, man? That's really true. But you switch it a little bit, you had a comma, I'm a soul, man. You are a soul. You're a soul. So I'm going to talk to you today about soul health. Uh, we're in a series now that we call Soul Survival. And you might say, well, why are you talking about soul survival if our souls are saved? Because your soul can be saved and not be healthy. A, a saved soul is not necessarily a healthy soul. Because we are called to be sure that our souls remain healthy in God. And that is what this verse that we're about to read is going to tell us. I love these two verses. They are life-changing verses. And um, I'm going to read the first verse alone, but I want you to come in with me on verse 2 because we're going to read about how we are to maintain um, and sustain a healthy soul. So let's read uh, Romans 12, 1 to 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable. So it's reasonable in light of what the Lord has done for us that we present our bodies to him. Now read verse 2 with me. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Watch this. You won't know the will of God without a renewed mind. See, we expect a cloud formation or some voice to come booming out of heaven to tell us the will of God. But guess what? The more your mind is renewed, the more you're going to know the will of God. So let's talk about this today. Three major words, conform, transformed, renewing. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for speaking to us out of the Bible, out of the word of the living God. And I pray, Lord, that you will change us, rearrange us, renew us, renovate us. Lord, transform us by your word today. I pray in the name of Jesus, speak to us. For, Lord, we are hungry for your word, thirsty for your word. We long for you, Lord, in a dry and a thirsty land. And, Lord, I pray, change us today. Now, would you breathe a prayer and say, Lord, transform my soul as I listen to your word, in Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, God heard that prayer. God heard that prayer. Well, we've had two good services, two full services leading up to this one, and uh, it's growing. Everything's growing, and we need God's help, and we need God's blessing, and he's giving it to us, amen? And it's hot outside. Have you noticed that? It is hot. Now, but it's hot in here too. I feel spiritually hot. Even though I preached twice and now it's thrice, I still feel spiritually stoked. Because I know I'm sharing with you the Word of God. Now, we've been talking about the soul in this series called Soul Survival. And I shared with you last time that we are all tripartite. We are tripartite beings, meaning we are made of three parts. We have a body. Encased in our body is a soul, and in the core of that soul is a spirit, our spirit. So we have a body, a soul, and a spirit. Now we saw that the spirit is the very core of us, 
The spirit is at the core of your being. And the Bible teaches that our spirits are dead at birth. That is, we weren't born, born again. You've got to get born again later in life. You've got to call on Jesus to be born again. When we're born, we're born in sin and shaped in iniquity, according to David. We need to be changed on the inside. We must be born twice. If we're not born twice, we'll never see the kingdom of God. Born once, you're dead. Born twice, you're alive. Born once, you're blind. Born twice, you see. Born once, you're lost. Born twice, you're saved. We must be born again. And when we are born again, it is our spirits on the inside that are made alive. He says to us in Ephesians, You he made alive, who were once dead. You catch that? You were once dead. How? In trespasses and sins. So when we get saved, God lifes us. He makes us alive. And it happens in your spirit, man. That's when Jesus said, you must be born again. He was talking about the core of you, the inner man, the spirit man must be born twice. Then secondly, we saw that our body is, is just what Peter called, it's our earthly tent. It's what we walk around in, and it houses our soul and our spirit. So these bodies are one day going to die. If you're not here for the rapture, your body is one day going to die. Death has a 100% success rate. Death of the body. You may get to be there for the rapture of the church. That'd be great. But if you don't, then your body's going to die. But God's got a plan for your body. And the plan that God has is your body will be resurrected. And this was the core of Paul's teaching and preaching and Peter's and the apostles. When they got arrested and got in trouble, you find that the, the accusation against them was always, you were preaching this resurrection from the dead stuff. And that's what got them in trouble. Because the message, the crux, the core of the promises of God to us is when you receive Christ, though you are dead, yet you shall live. Jesus said, he that believes in me, though he were dead, yet he will live again. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal, everlasting, never dying life. So he's got a plan for your body. But then we come to the soul. The soul is also tripartite. That is, it's made up primarily of three things. Your mind to think, your will to choose, and your emotions to feel. Your soul is the essence of you. It is who you are. It's, it is who we get to know when we get to know you. We get to know your soul. We get to know you. It, it's your personality. It's your character. It's your DNA makeup. It's the way God formed you. You have a unique character, a unique personality. There isn't anybody like you. And that's your soul, your soul. A mind to choose, or a mind to think, a will to choose, and emotions to feel. That's your soul. But now, the soul is what we're focused on, and I'm going to talk to you today about the transformation of your soul. Now, listen carefully to this. You may have never heard this, but I want to I be sure we understand what the Bible, how the Bible divides us up. While our spirits are instantly made alive and whole at the moment that we are saved, our souls must be transformed over time, over a lifetime. You are God's ongoing project 
And his project is the restoration and the transformation of your soul. He eventually wants you to look like Jesus, think like Jesus, talk like Jesus, walk like Jesus. He liked Jesus so much, he wants a whole bunch of him. So God is out to transform your soul, your soul. See, while your souls are saved at the moment of salvation, they are not completely made new at the moment of salvation like your spirit is. Your spirit is instantly, fully, completely made alive. But your soul is a lifetime project or else he would not have told us, don't be conformed to this world, but be ongoingly transformed by the renewing of your mind. It is your soul that is transformed. Listen to what Paul said. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away. Have you noticed that when you look in the mirror? How many of you have said to your mirror, or, or said to yourself, how did that mirror get so warped? What has happened to that mirror? Last time I looked, I didn't see all these changes. I need to get me a new mirror. No, here's the deal. Here's the deal. You're, you outwardly are wasting away. I hate to tell you, but makeup after a while isn't going to be able to hide it. You're outwardly wasting away. But inwardly, look at what he said now. Inwardly, we are being renewed. How often? Day by day. That's process. That's a process. And the renewal is happening in your soul. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, I said, if that's going to happen, it, it begins with this. You cannot allow yourself to be conformed to this world. Now, all of us in here have a battle, and here's our battle. Every day we get up, and we are pressured to conform to this world. We are pressured to think like them, to dress like them, to act like them, to live like them, to walk like them, to talk like them. Have you noticed what happens if you refuse to conform? Have you noticed what happens? Those of you that are in school, uh, high school, junior high, how about college, the latest indoctrination centers? Have you noticed that if you don't conform to the way they want you to think and live and believe and act, then it doesn't go well with you in that world? Have you noticed that? The Bible tells us we cannot be conformed to this world. Now, that word conform simply means fit in. We are not to fit in to this world. We're not to fit in with them. We're not to submit ourselves to being shaped into the image of this world because this world every day is trying to shape you into its image trying to get you to believe like they believe, to view God like they view God, to, to view people the way they view, to view morality the way they view morality. If you're saved, and most of you in here are, we're swimming upstream. We are not to flow with the world. We are to go against the grain and resist being conformed, fitting in to the mold this world wants to shape us in. It's a daily battle for every single believer on the planet. Now, you may wonder, well, Jeff, I wish I understood what you meant by the world because I don't fully get it, what you mean by the world. Don't be conformed to this world. Well, here's what I don't mean. I don't mean the beautiful creation of God. I love the creation of God. Psalms 19.1, the heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows his handiwork. Day after day, they, they talk about it. Night after night. 
They show forth his knowledge, his splendor. Uh, Clearly, this is a designed world, a world made by God. And I love the creation of God. I love the stars, the sky, the birds, the ocean. I love dogs. God made dogs. Who else is going to act like the second coming of Jesus every time you come home? You walk in, and they act like Jesus just returned every single time. I love dogs. God made dogs. God made everything we see, hear, taste, touch, and smell. I'm not talking about the creation of God. Here's what I'm talking about. When he says don't conform, resist being conformed to the world, he's talking about the evil world system where the devil is the prince of this world. Did you know that? Did you know that Jesus said that? Jesus said, as he was headed towards his crucifixion, he said, I don't have much more time to talk to you, for the evil prince of this world approaches, and he doesn't have any power over me. Now notice what Jesus called the devil, the prince. Not the king, but the prince of this world. He he influences this world. He shapes this world. He lies to this world. The Bible says the whole world lies under the deception of the devil. He is, a, he is a negative force in this world. In John 16, Jesus said the prince of this world now stands condemned. Paul wrote to the Ephesian church, and in writing to the Ephesian church, he was writing to us. He said, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the prince of the power of the air." The spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. See, if you're not saved, there's a spirit working in you. And it's the spirit of the enemy to destroy you, to deceive you, to lure you away from God. But notice that even Paul called the devil the prince of the power of the air in this world. So the world the Christian is not to be conformed to is the evil world system that Satan has constructed. And John describes the way he has put it together, the way the devil has constructed this world. I want you to listen to this. John said, don't love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. Did you catch that? That's powerful stuff. If you love this world that is put together, constructed by the enemy, then you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers, and now he's going to tell us how it's put together, only a craving for physical pleasure, the lust of the flesh, a craving for everything we see, the lust of the eyes, and pride in our achievements and possessions, the pride of life. The pride of life is when people say, I don't need God. That's the pride of life. I can do all this on my own. I can do this without any help. I don't need God. I don't need any divine help. That's the pride of life. I can do this without God. I can make it without God. I don't need God. That's the pride of life. So so John is telling us the world that we're not to be conformed to is driven by and centered around the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life that says, I don't need God. That's the world that the devil is the prince over. Now, he says, don't conform to that. Don't think like them. Don't act like them. Don't walk like them. Don't live like them. Don't do like them. 
because you are chosen out of the world into another kingdom. He has delivered us from the kingdom of darkness and he has translated us into the kingdom of God's dear son. So we are kingdom kids. This is not our home. And we're not to conform to it. And you've got to fight it every day. Every day that we wake up, we've got to fight it. And that's the world Paul was saying, don't be conformed to. Don't be conformed to a world where you live according to the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. Let me tell you about this world, the truth about this world. This world rejected Jesus. This world, the world he's talking about not conforming to, rejected Jesus. He was in the world talking about Jesus. And the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came to his own, and his own received him not. This world persecutes God's children. Have you noticed if you walk with Jesus and shine and witness for him everywhere you go, the world is not exactly thrilled to have you in their presence? Now, a lot of people are saved all the time. But the world as a whole rejects God's children. If you were of the world, Jesus said, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out. Everybody say with me, he chose me out of this world. That evil world system, he chose us out. Therefore, Jesus said, the world hates you. And I'm glad to say this world is not my home. It says, we are citizens of heaven, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. I'm an American citizen, but I've got another citizenship that is not of this world. And my king is Jesus, and he was not voted in. And he's never going to be overthrown. He's never going to be voted out. He is king of kings, lord of lords, soon coming king, and he is there forever and forever and forever and forever. This world, I'm going to tell you, it's temporary. This world is passing away, John said, and also it's lusts. But he that does the will of God is going to live forever. So we're to resist being conformed to this world. Don't be conformed to it. Don't care what people think about you if you don't go along with the world. Most of the people giving you a hard time for not conforming aren't even going to be anywhere in your life in a couple of years. They won't be there when you go and face Jesus and receive your reward. So let it go. They say, what do they say? Let them say. I don't care what they say. I travel to the beat of a different drummer. I'm playing for an audience of one. I care what he thinks. And that's it. But he said, don't be conformed. Then look what he said. He said, but be transformed. Now there's, there's the command. Don't be conformed but be transformed. The word transform, let me drop a Greek word on you. Metamorpho. Metamorpho. That's the word. Transform. That's the Greek word. But you recognize what we get from that word, don't you? Say it with me. Metamorphosis. There you go. You remember that from science class, don't you? It means to change into another form. And it is radical. You know how radical? I'm going to show you how radical. Look up here. You see that? Now, we see a beautiful butterfly and a caterpillar. Which one would you rather be? You'd rather be the butterfly. Why would you want to be the caterpillar just crawling around on all those legs, eating everything in sight, bound to the earth, when if you were a butterfly, you could just spread your wings and fly above the world? Now, I want to tell you something. We learn 
that when that caterpillar turns into that butterfly, it's a metamorphosis, metamorpho, it's a metamorphosis. It is changed from one thing to another. It is a powerful word. And this is exactly what the apostle is telling us we are to do, we are to experience. He said, don't be conformed, but be transformed from one thing totally to another by the renewing of your mind. Now, notice that caterpillar is bound to the ground. He's bound to the ground. But that butterfly can go above the earth. That butterfly can fly above the earth. And the Bible says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings, with wings, with wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. What is that telling us? That when you know Jesus Christ, you can fly above the pull of this world. You can fly above the pull of sin. You no longer need to live in sin. The caterpillar has no choice. He's got to crawl, but the butterfly can fly. One thing becomes another thing entirely. If any man be in Christ, he is a brand new species of being. He is a new creation. Behold, all the old has passed away, and all, everybody say all, all is become new. Jesus was transfigured. It says in the Bible on the Mount of Transfiguration, as the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed. He was transformed. I'm quoting the Bible now. As the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed so that his face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as light in front of their eyes. He's standing there. He's a, he looks like a normal man. And it's suddenly... He underwent a metamorphosis, and in front of them, his face began to shine like the sun, and his clothes were white as light. Total change, radical change. Salvation is an inside job. I'm not talking to you about rehabilitation, a New Year's resolution, turning over a new leaf. No, I know a Savior, and I'm preaching a Savior, and I'm telling you about a Savior. Not just you here, but those of you watching by video and those of you listening by radio, I've got good news for you. You don't have to change yourself. He will change you when you turn to Him. He will turn you from one thing into another altogether. Jesus was radically transformed. We are radically transformed. Now, what I want to know is when he says, don't be conformed, be transformed, I want to know how to do it. How many of you want to know how to be transformed, how to experience transformation? How many of you want to know? Let me see your hands. Transformation. All right, I'm going to tell you what he said. Now, you may not think this would do it. You may have chosen something else. But if I'm going to become like Jesus progressively every day for the rest of my life, where at this very same time next year, I am further along spiritually, more like Jesus than I am right now, then that's transformation. How is that going to happen? He said, let me tell you how. It's going to take place by the renewing of your mind. The renewing of your mind. You are not what you eat. You are what you think. See, when we bought this building, let me give you an example. We bought this building. Uh, it was a mess. It was terrible. 
As a matter of fact, I found out a little while ago from somebody who lived here uh, for a long time, lived right across the street for a long time. They said in 1991, they tried to turn this building into a strip joint. And the neighbors rose up and resisted it because God had a plan for this building. God was looking down at this building and God saw that a little group of people and Pastor Jeff Wickwire were going to be looking for a building and God kept and preserved and did not allow anybody or anything to take this building, much less a strip joint. And he, he, he had it for us. But when we bought it, oh man, it was rough. It was rough. When you walked in here, we walked in here and, and, and a couple of my elders cried. They said, come on, Pastor Jeff, we can do better than this. But I had a vision. I had a vision for this building. I saw this building the way we're seeing it right now. I did not see what it was. I saw what it would be. It was in my heart to see what it would be. And so I saw this building and we bought it. We bought the building. We own the building. We own the building, but even owning it, it still had to be renovated. It had to be renewed. It had to be overhauled. The insides had to be totally changed. This building had to receive work, ongoing work. We're still working on it, but it is not what it used to be. It's like your soul. See, Jesus purchased you and owns you. But when he got, I don't know about you, but when he got a hold of Jeff Wickwire, he said, whoa, we got a lot of work to do here. <laughs> and some of you feel the same way. Some of you said, geez, you sure you want to mess with me? But let me tell you something. You have been bought with a price. Listen to this good news. Do you not know your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? Everybody say, I'm not my own. For you are bought at a price. The only thing that could buy you out of hell and buy you out of Satan's clutches and buy you out of sin and condemnation was the blood of the Lamb. No currency could do it but the currency of the blood of the Lamb. And that currency was laid down at the bar of God. And God said, anybody who believes in my son is going to be delivered from death to life and blind to sight and hell to heaven by the blood of the Lamb. And they're going to be born again. And I'm going to transform their soul. He said, you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit. But just like this building, we bought it, we owned it, but it needed to be renovated. Your soul is the same way. God's got to change it because here's why. When we came to Jesus, our minds were full of stinking thinking. We need our minds renewed. The way we see people the way we see God, what we believe about life, the way our whole worldview was skewed by having lived in sin. And so God begins to renew our minds. Now, here's the miracle. As your mind is renewed, your soul is transformed into his likeness. Listen to what David wrote. He said, the word of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The mind, the will, and the emotions. I want you to grab your Bible and just kind of hold it up for a second. Just hold your Bible up for a minute. Now, let me tell you how you are changed. How are we changed? How are we transformed? We're transformed by reading what's in this book. We're transformed by reading the truth in this book. This book is the tool of renewal. 
This book will change your soul, transform your soul. If you want your soul transformed, it will never happen apart from this book. Listen carefully to me. Salvation only comes by Jesus Christ, but transformation only comes by renewing your mind through the Word of God. You open up this Bible every day. I do. I open up this Bible every single day. I grab my coffee, and then I head straight to a chair. You know, I have learned that my dog knows when I'm done praying. I realized it this week. Now, I, I know I'm stepping aside just for a minute. Let me tell you, my dog has realized when I'm done praying. You know how he knows? Because I say, Lord, I pray all these things in Jesus' name. I noticed this week. As soon as I say in Jesus' name, he jumps out of his bed and comes and stands in front of me as if to say, time to feed me. He knows when I'm done. He, when I say in Jesus' name, he's out of his bed and looking right at me. I know you're done. Let's go. But listen, I get up every day, not because I'm a preacher, not because I'm a pastor, but because I want to be transformed from glory to glory and faith to faith. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Soul transformation comes by renewing your mind, erasing and replacing. When you read the Bible, it erases old ways of thinking. It deletes the hard drive. And it replaces your mind with new ways of thinking. It changes the way you see God, the way you see people, the way you see yourself, the way you see morality. When I look in this Bible every single day, it shows me how to beat the devil, how to walk in the Spirit. It shows me that I've been redeemed. It shows me who my Savior is. It shows me the plan of God that was worked out through the ages. It shows me how it all started. It shows me how it's all going to end. When I read this Bible, I am washing my brain. I believe in being brainwashed. When I read this Bible, it washes my brain with the washing of water by the Word. It cleanses me. It strengthens me. It builds my faith. It illuminates me. It guides my path. The Word of God. But it transforms my soul every single time I'm into it. The Bible says the Word of the Lord is perfect to restore your soul. See, some of you are not free in some areas. Some of you have a stronghold, and there is a habit there, or there is a way of thinking that leads you into depression. Maybe you're a major worrier. Maybe you've got a lot of fear. Maybe you're plagued by doubt. Maybe you think in a way that just, just thinks yourself into a pit. Let me tell you something. The way out of that, the way to pull down a stronghold is truth. Jesus said, you will know truth. You will know the truth. And the truth will make you free. If there's an area in your life that's not free, it needs truth. It doesn't need a pill. It needs truth. It doesn't need a drink. It needs truth. Because every stronghold in your life and mine is established and sustained by a lie. And the thing you got to do is get into the Bible and attack that lie with truth and pull it down with truth. And we do that by renewing our minds. How many of you can say, I've walked with Jesus for a while now, and I'm sure freer than I used to be? But how many of you can say, I'm totally free, there's not one area that I struggle with? I want to meet you if your hand goes up. See, not one. So we are progressively set free. We are progressively restored. Our souls are progressively transformed. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes a lifetime. 
The word begins to erase and the word begins to replace the way the world thinks. Amen. Now, as we do this, a beautiful thing happens. A beautiful thing happens. As every day you're in that word, every day you're taking in God, God thoughts, every day you're washing your brain with the word of God, your soul is being transformed. And 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, As the Spirit of the Lord works within us, we become more and more like Him. What do you love for somebody to say, You know, you remind me of Jesus. Wouldn't you like that? Don't you want to be a chip off the Christ block? Amen? So, I'm not going to conform to this world and its ways of thinking. I'm going upstream. I'm going to every day get into the Word of God and renew my mind. And as I do, I'm going to grow spiritually guaranteed. And my soul is going to be transformed. Can we stand together today? Hmm. How much like Jesus do you want to be? Well, that's how long you spend in the Word and in obedience to God, meditating on the Scriptures, living a life that pleases Him. How are you going to know what pleases Him if you don't read the Word? Amen. If you want to grow, let's lift our hands to Jesus. Lord, thank You for soul survival. Thank you for showing us how to maintain and sustain a healthy soul in a wicked world. By renewing our minds and experiencing soul transformation. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to be more and more like that butterfly. Like Jesus. Free grown up Christ-like. Thank you, Lord. Now, if that's the desire of your heart, can I, just, can I just encourage you? Set your mind to get into that word. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. Set your mind on the things of the Spirit and not on the flesh. Lord, we just decide here today to set our minds. And we thank you, God, for helping us. Now, with every head bowed, there may just be one person here today. I don't know. I don't know a lot of you that are here in this service. But maybe you've got a question mark about your salvation. Is Jesus living in your heart? Is Jesus really Lord of your life. Have you ever experienced change? The kind of change I've, I've been talking about. If you've got a question mark about it, that can be settled today. The Bible says that you may know, K-N-O-W, know that you have eternal life. It ought not be a doubt or confusing. You ought to know. You can know that you have eternal life. I know I'm saved. If you can say, Jeff, I want to know. 
I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer. You can pray it right now, and Jesus can come into your heart, and he will. So pray this with me. If you want to, just say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Now say this, I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. And I believe in my heart you were raised from the dead. Jesus, come into my heart right now. In Jesus' name I pray. 